The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix Podcast. Tune in today. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. and welcome to First. My name's Jane Yee and each week I'll be talking to a different guest about some of their firsts. We've got comedians, politicians, musicians, actors and more. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. This week I'm talking to actor and comedian Brinley Stent. Tell me about your first favourite comedian. Probably, if we're talking first, it's um, Monty Python. Yeah, love all those guys. Kind of grew up watching them. My dad's a big fan of British humour, so probably my favourite out of them, Eric. Yeah. Um, what about the first comedy gig you went to? I went to? <gasps> um, it was probably Scared Scriptless, which is a, um improv show that is run in Christchurch out of the Court Theatre, and it's been running for a long time, I think since the very early 90s. Yeah. And I used to go to that every week. It was like, I don't know, I think I don't think I was a very cool teenager. So it was like my Friday night, 10 o'clock, edgy. <laughs> go out and have a drink and watch some improv comedy. What about the first time you did improv? The first time I did improv was when I was 14 years old. And um, my drama school, t- well, my drama high school teacher, she... Um, they didn't have enough, like, women in the team, basically. And she was like, I can see that you like to... Uh, act the fool and show off. So why don't you come and join us for improv? So I did a theatre sports competition, just to add to the cool person that I am. It was what we did in Christchurch and um, definitely didn't win, but that was where I started my love of all things comedy. Tell me about the first time you performed in front of an audience. Probably I did a gig at the Court Theatre called The Three Little Pigs, which was a kids' show and uh, we wore fleece onesies in the middle of the Christchurch summer. And um, there was one point in the, in the show where I just switched costumes with Chris Parker, a dear friend of mine, and um, so I had to take off my onesie and put on his, and it was like the inside was like full of sweat, his sweat. Tell me the first time you reviewed Kit Kats on the internet. I've reviewed them one and only times. <laughs> Um, so uh, two years ago in 2019 I went on a trip to Japan by myself to Tokyo Uh, it wasn't my choice I was uh, my partner at the time he um, was meant to come with me but he got work here in um, New Zealand and I was like not gonna go and then I was like no I'm gonna do this I'm gonna have my eat pray love moment by myself in Tokyo Japan and so I went there for two weeks by myself And uh, my rule for Japan was I'd been there before and I came back with a bag of crap, basically just like knickknacks and little figurines. I loved them, but I was like, I can't keep doing this again. So my rule had to be, it had to be, 
disposable or practical. So those were the two things I was allowed to buy. So I bought a lot of like plates and cutlery and things like that. And I also bought every flavour Kit Kat that I possibly could find. And on the way back through Fiji, which is where my stopover was, I was <laughs> very lonely and I just started to do a live and uh, reviewed, I think it was about 20 Kit, -Kit Kat flavours. Now, uh, when was the first time you knew you were funny? It's interesting because my journey with just performing has been quite an interesting one. Like I always knew that I was a bit of a show-off as a kid, but then I went to an actual drama class. Like I told my parents, I want to be an actor. I want to go to drama school, uh, drama class. And um, so they put me in this thing called Helen O'Grady Drama School, which is in Christchurch. And I went along and um, my parents, we weren't like poor, but we were very broke. So like, I, yeah, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. And I remember there was one play we did, which was about these teddy bears. And um, I must have been about eight. And I got the character of Messy Ted. And so I came in with like my hair all done and makeup on and just like brown clothes. And then all the other kids in the group had like full, beautiful teddy bear onesies on. And uh, they made fun of me. And I left and I was like, I'm never doing acting ever again. Very dramatic of me. I guess it was only when I was hitting like high school and I started doing performing again and I realised, like I always wanted to be the leads and then I would often get cast as the comic relief characters and then I realised that that is the most powerful position that there is in, uh, in any production because you get all the people and you know the rest of the school, the kids who don't even do drama coming up and being like, you're a cracker. Who wants to be a lead? Uh, what was your first favourite website? <laughs> Neopets, Yeah. Every second person who's done one of these interviews has seen their pets. Yeah, it's very popular. What uh, did you get up to in your first lockdown? I was very lucky in the first lockdown that I was locked down with my flat of six creatives. And so, um, I mean, I'm an active relaxer. I cannot, for the life of me, even when I'm on holiday, sit in one spot and just mong out so uh, me and my flatmates would go for walks and um, do exercising on the deck and bake bread and have themed dinners and um, I was very lucky enough to have a job during that time so I worked on this show called Die's House Party which was not very good but uh, it, I was grateful for the work it was um yeah we made sketches from my house and they got put on national television Tell me about your first day on the Shortland Street set. <gasps> I just remember driving out in my car out to Henderson from Kingsland with the windows down and being like, this is the life. <laughs> I've made it. I'm on <laughs> New Zealand's longest running soap opera. It was really fun and everyone there was very, very nice and I am very in awe of them, um, about all of them and how, they, how well they act under how fast that show moves. That's crazy, yeah, right? It is. Who was the first person you made friends with on Short and Straight Set? Sam Bunkle, yeah. He plays Boyd um, on the show and he, um, me and him had a lot of scenes together and a lot of like kissing scenes, like almost straight off the bat. So I kind of had to make friends with him as soon as possible, but he was very, very sweet to me and very uh, looked after me a lot. Tell me about your first on-screen kiss. I think it was probably that. Oh, oh no, I'm sure there have been others. But for that one, it was... It was just like, I mean, it, weirdly, like in the last year, there's been like intimacy coordination and stuff like that coming about. And so it's far less common to just be like, there you go. But at that point it was, it was just like, you're just sitting there opposite the person and they're like, okay, in action. And you're like, I'm going to kiss you now. Oh gosh. And then it, yeah, it's awkward. It's so awkward. That's why they have intimacy coordinations now, because it's like, you don't know whether to be like, what way do you want your face? 
Is it cool? Yeah. Tongue? No. I think the rule is always no tongue. Um, tell me about your first car. My first car was a red Honda City. So those little square, little square guys. And I loved it. It didn't have power steering. So it was like a tiny little tin can and you could like get into like the tiniest parallel parks. Cause yeah, so you could turn the wheel like right in. And honestly, if you open the bonnet, it looked like, it was like legit filled with hay. Like there was hay in the bonnet from the previous owner. <laughs> but I loved it. I wish I still had one. Maybe I'll buy one. Do you, did you give you a car a name? That one was called Shrimp Bitch, and I didn't name it that, but I had this American friend called John, and he was in the car, and I was like, I need a name for this car, and then out of the blue, he just went, filet mignon for me, shrimp for the bitch, and then the car was called Shrimp Bitch. Any pets? Can you tell me about your first pet? First pet, cat called Thompson. He was uh, 19 years old when he died, and he was also hit by a car, my dad's car. <laughs> Not on purpose. He was um, kind of blind and deaf by the time, you know, like, and this is when I was like 19 or 20 as well because he'd, you know, been alive my whole life. And we um, had this long driveway and we had all these plants that kind of like fell over. And so often my dad would just hit the plants and be like, mm. and the, one time it was the cat. And we got back from going out and then our neighbour was there and she had like this bowl of cream and she was like, I think there's something wrong with your cat. They took him to the vet and they were like, we could save him, but he's 19 years old. So we were like, yeah, we'll put him down. And then they gave him to us in a huge cardboard box like this. And I remember holding it on the back seat and it was like... (laughs) (laughs) Poor Thompson. Poor Thompson. Oh dear. I think I was going to ask you, your your first job? My first, uh, like, real, real job was a job called, uh, was at a place called Amici's, very Italian. It was in Northlands Mall in the food court, and it was, like, Italian cuisine mall styles. (laughs) So huge, big plates of pasta, paninis, you'd chuck them in, like, a sandwich press. There were disgusting jobs as part of it. Like, one of them was you had to crawl under the deep fryer and scrape the stalactites. From the top, the grease stalactites that came down from the fryer. What was the first time you bombed in front of an audience or had to deal with a rotten heckler? So the first time I bombed in front of an audience was probably, actually reasonably recently in the grand scheme of things, which was um, I did a year where I tried stand-up. I don't do stand-up now. Um, I do more sketch comedy, character comedy, but uh, I did a year where I was like, I'm going to try and make it as a stand-up performer. And so I did these raw quests and raw nights and things like that. And then one time I was in Wellington and I was doing this Glory Val character, which I loved doing. But then I was like, one night I just got put on this lineup. It was like 10 p.m. at night in Wellington. And they were like, come and do your Glory Val character. And I was like, I've done it so much. I'm just going to take a risk and do stand up. And that I died. I died on my ass. It was awful. It was awful. And then I went crawling back to the character with my tail between my legs. God, I had a question. I just lost it. Oh, no, Celebrity Crash. First Celebrity Crash. Um, it was the uh, the main cat from the musical Cats. Uh, yeah, he. I got. I had this video, this VHS of the musical Cats, and the main cat on that is called Munkerstrap, and I used to watch that video over and over again and recite all the numbers and, you know, do shows for myself in my bedroom. And I remember being like, I'm attracted to this cat. <laughs> You wanted to be Mrs. Mungerstrap. Yeah, I did want to be Mrs. Mungerstrap. 
What's the first or weirdest or craziest rumour that you've heard about yourself? The only one that pops to mind in terms of first was that at my high school I was just labelled frigid, which is such an old, boring term. But I was like 13 years old and I didn't want to kiss one person and they were like, you're frigid. And so then it went around that I was frigid. 13 years old. People are mean. Look at me now, kissing doctors on Shoreland Street for money. <laughs> You've been listening to First, brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network and Hexwork Productions. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you get new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you'd like to watch the video series of First, visit the Spin-Off TV on YouTube. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.